Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. <laughs> and this is a podcast all about helping you save the best and burn the rest of your culture and faith practices. <laughs> Absolutely. He says it in the funny voice, but he means every word of it. Uh, and today we have such a special episode with um, one of my current heroes. Um, <laughs> like actually. Oh no, actually. Like I'm not even joking. Um, someone who's yeah. all about faith and culture. And so I thought he fits right in with the Burn the Haystack community. Um, so we are mm. just so grateful to have had the one and only Alex John Wilson on the podcast. Ah, The man, the myth, the legend himself. I can't believe I'm even saying it. I'm just like, wow, we actually had an interview with Alex. <laughs> Alex is going to be like shaking his head as he listens to this. He was like, guys, I'm just, I'm not a hero. Like, just chill out, all right? <laughs> Stop it, Alex. You are. You're my hero, <laughs> if nothing else. Uh, uh, honestly. Yeah. So, so cool. A few of you might not know who Alex is. Uh, where did you, I think, I think both of us both saw him uh, via Brady Shearer. I think that's sort of how it goes. Yeah, on Pro, he was featured on Pro Church Tools, which was so cool. Mm. Um, and even that's the thing. I mean, you can get a shout out from somebody who's bigger than you, but unless your content is actually good enough, like a shout out won't do anything. That's totally. Yeah, I remember this whole thing with um, Jack Septicai and mm. PewDiePie. Do you remember this whole debacle? Uh, vaguely, but remind. Yeah, me. people basically saying that Jack Septicai only got big because PewDiePie shouted him out. But PewDiePie True. shouted out like 10 different YouTubers in the same video. One of them was Jacksepticeye. So he got a little boost at the time. But none of those other nine got famous. Only Jacksepticeye did because he continued to put in the work and put in the effort. His content was actually like amazing. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For me, like I'm just so grateful to have found Alex and I love what he's doing. Um, if you haven't heard of Alex Dion Wilson, he is the pastor of um, Instagram what is it? What's it? Insta, Insta Church Live. Insta Church Live. I was gonna. I was like Instagram Church Live. I'm like, no, that's too many <laughs> syllables. Like, <laughs> I'm not looking at my phone right now. So yeah, but first ever Instagram Church. Yeah, it it's crazy that it's the first Instagram Church. I thought surely there would be more, but yeah, there are none. And he started the first one, but he really got famous, I think, for his 10 second sermons, which he still does on his main Instagram account. Some of them not necessarily 10 seconds, but they're short. Um, he usually he gets into some of the like um, the formula, if you will, of how he comes up with his sermons in the episode. So stay tuned for that. But basically what he does is he just takes something from everyday life that we all can kind of, you know, commiserate with or we can all kind of identify with. And he just goes on a ministry tangent with it. And he has a little little bit of a hermeneutic and a little bit of a biblical teaching, something to encourage you. And it's great. And people love it because, yeah, he's, you know, got garnered quite a following uh, from doing this. So clearly he's doing something yeah. right. <laughs> Absolutely. And we think... All of you are absolutely going to love this conversation with Alex. Um, I don't know. I'm just. I, I was just remember walking away from it and just being like, "Man, that was so good." I felt so encouraged and excited about ministry and about the possibility of social media. So, um, with all that said, I don't think 
I think we should just get right out of the way. And here is our beautiful inter- interview with the beautiful Alex Dion Wilson. And today we are super lucky to be able to welcome Alex Dion Wilson to the podcast. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, so excited to have you, my friend. Alex is a, an Instagrammer. He's also um, the pastor of Insta Church Live. Alex, would you just be able to give us a little bit of a, uh, a history for those of um, our listeners who haven't heard of you, um, the man behind the myth? Tell us all about Alex Wilson. Yeah, my name's Alex John Wilson, and I think people give me the title social media preacher. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I've kind of leaned into that and actually from that name and from other stuff that's happened, uh, got the idea to start the first ever social media church called Insta Church Live. And it's basically a 10 minute service um, on Instagram Live. And we do worship, we do games, we do a message. And it's really fun. I've grown up in the church and my dad used to work for Billy Graham. And so I've had Whoa. almost every church like experience you can ever have in America just traveling the world with my parents. And so I realized social media is probably the quickest and easiest and most effective way to reach people where they are. And so I'm all about bringing the church to the people. That's so cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about what, what Instagram Live, uh, Insta Church Live looks like. Because I think a lot of people listening right now, if they haven't seen it, they'll be like, how the heck do you have a church on social media? What is that? What does that even look like? We have like a, like me and my team, we have a phrase, like our motto. And it's like, we're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> we always say that. And it's, it is, it, I mean, it's, we try to be as traditional as possible. Um, I think the better idea of it is like, it's kind of a mix between youth group and regular church. So because it's on Instagram Live, it has to be as interactive as possible. So we start off saying, you know, hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pastor Alex. Welcome to Instant Church Live. This is my wife, Lokalani Wilson, and we're so excited you're here. Um, what's up, Josh? What's up, Jesse? What's up, Matthew? Like, we'd welcome people in. we call them out on the live, and then we jump straight into a game. Um, it's like an interactive game where people can answer through the comments on the Instagram Live. And then we have a worship leader who leads us in worship. Um, so short, like 90 second version of a song. And then we do like a three minute message and then another 90 second song. And then we close out with some type of like maybe announcements or whatever. So it, in the nature of it, it feels a lot like a church service. Um, mm. It's just in the palm of your hand. And yeah, so what, cool. what platforms are you, is it, is it Instagram only or are you engaging other platforms to do this? Yep. It's exclusively Instagram. We don't have a website. Uh, we don't give out our email. Everything is done through um, Instagram. So if we have to disciple someone through a hard time or whatever, we'll FaceTime them on the Instagram feature. Uh, if someone has a question or about a speaking engagement or whatever, they'll send us a DM through Instagram. So we try to keep it as simple as possible. It's part of our uh, vision, our mission plan, is to just be as simple as possible. So mm-hmm. everything we do, we want to bring church to people uh, and everything we do. Wow. And I yeah, see so it's only exclusive to Instagram. I see on your um on on the little bio on um Insta Church Live that it's on mm-hmm. Thursdays at eight PM. Mm-hmm. At Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard <laughs> yeah. Time. Why why the choice for Thursday at eight PM? Was that like a is there like a really profound reason for that or what's the reason? 
Wow, that's a good question. So I used to do something before social media, before I got on social media and started doing everything about seven or eight years ago. I did something called pot and stand for preaching on Thursdays. (laughs) I did this thing called pot. I don't know if you've heard of it. (laughs) I mean, that right there, that humor piece is how I got people to come. And so it started off with like five people and it blew up to this thing in my parents' living room. Um, But it was on Thursday nights. And so when I got the idea for Instachurch, uh, that was kind of an influence. And then also the guys that helped me run it, they all work at a really big church here in Fresno, California, and that was their only day off. And so we just did Thursdays. Eventually, we want to do Sundays. Um, and the reason why we do it at 8 p.m. is because my kids go to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> oh. yeah. So we can put them down, all three of them, and then me and my wife can be a part of this thing we started. So I want to do other times. We, My wife's Hawaiian, and we used to live in Hawaii. And so if we were still living in Hawaii, we'd be able to film at 3 p.m., and then it would go live at like 6 p.m. on the West Coast and then uh, like 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Um, so if Instagram has longevity in the future, we'd like to move back there just so we can hit time zones better and, you know, serve people better by hitting the, a better time. Because right now it's like, you know, middle of the night for you guys probably and then super late for the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. Yeah, I think we're, what are we? We're five hours behind you, but the day ahead. So eight PM oh, would be. Th- what would that be? Three three PM fast? Yeah, three. Yeah, fast, so it's so, not. It's yeah, not too right. bad. It's not too bad. That's not bad for you. Oh wow. Yeah, and man, the the guy who leads worship, his voice is so beautiful. <laughs> I just. I know he's oh, actually oh, from Congo. So he speaks like fluent French. Whoa! Really? Yeah, he moved here to go to to school here in California, and he started going to my dad's church, and we became good friends. So shout out to Sambella. Check him out. Just one word, S-U-M-B-E-L-A, Sambella. He's a good friend of mine and an amazing worship leader. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. So do you, do you, you mentioned your dad has a church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad's a pastor of a local university here in town, and he's also a dean um, at that school, and then he has a local church here in Fresno, California, right by the airport. Um, so it's, as soon as you get touchdown in Fresno, it's the first church you see uh, which is perfect for oncoming guests. So anyone out here coming to yeah. Fresno soon, come check out our church. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. So is your your dad being a pastor, is that sort of what has inspired you to be in? Do you do this full time? Yes, yeah. I do. I do it full time. And he's definitely been a huge influence. He is like, you know, a no like nonsense, straight up exegetical expository preacher always has been he was ordained the day after i was born and he's been preaching my whole life and pastoring and evangelizing evangelizing my whole life um and he actually did something called uh mana moments at at the university he works at and it was similar like two minutes to maybe three minutes at the most short devotionals for the students on campus and that's actually where i got the idea for 10 second sermons um like seven years ago yeah Hmm. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of your journey into social media? Because you mentioned, you know, this this originated possibly with your dad and you had all these different influences. What led you Mm -hmm. to want to get onto Instagram doing these 10 second sermons? That's a great question. Like, I think Facebook came out when I was like ending middle school. Instagram came out when I was ending high school. And I got I went into school for a little bit, and then right when I was about to graduate, I got into ministry, 
got ordained and licensed and stuff and then started teaching and I thought I was pretty interesting to listen to <laughs> but the kids didn't like the kids liked me for like maybe 10 minutes and after that they kind of like their <laughs> eyes glazed over and I saw that and I was like man I wonder where I could like how I could reach them better and so and I was at church all day while they were at school and I couldn't talk to them I couldn't you know reach out to them and disciple them and I just started to think that Sunday is just not enough like they're not learning enough and it's not that they needed to learn more. It's just that I know how much temptation is out there for a high school kid or a middle school kid. And I thought Sunday's not enough to keep them strong. And so I thought, what can I do? And then I just got Instagram and I was like, okay, I'm just going to turn on this random camcorder and record little sermons. And at the time on Instagram, you could only record up to 15 seconds. Oh, wow. Oh, right. Yeah, back then. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I have to make it under 15 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Um, and so the kids already followed me on Instagram, so I didn't do Vine because Vine was still out at the time, but it was dying. And so I just thought, you know, what? I'm just going to try to make it under 15 seconds and just put a little bit of truth out there every day for them. And I did. And another local church in town saw it and another church in Hawaii saw it. Um, so that's when I started to be like, oh, wow, there's like really good value in it. I started to get jobs from it. Um, but it wasn't until I got to Hawaii about a, two years ago now that I was like, like, okay, maybe I could do this full time. Yeah, so. Mm. Wow. No, that's such a cool journey. And it's almost like it started out of necessity because, you know, mm -hmm. that, that Instagram recording limit. But it's actually a beautiful thing that I, I remember, oh, man, one of the books that changed my life when it came to being a pastor was Andy Stanley's yeah. Communicating for a Change. Um, mm. And he just talked about how, you know, pastors get up there and they have their three-point sermon with the sub points and they have all these different things that they want to say and then 45 minutes later 50 minutes later people mm -hmm. are just they're just looking for the door you know if they're not asleep yep. they're looking for the exit because they're over it and it's like you preach five different sermons in one thing and one thing that that i've yep. learned from that especially is i'm a chaplain as well as a pastor so i work in a oh, primary cool. school and i do a bit of work in a, in a high school as well and Josh has as well. Um, kids, especially kids and teenagers, mm -hmm. they just can't handle it. And to be honest, neither can I. You know, like when I when I walk, <laughs> when I walk into a church, and you know, the 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 guys there preaching, and he's he's got five sub points, and he's got all these different things that he wants to say. It's like, well, what? What, what are you trying to communicate to me? Mm, um, yeah. What is it that you're actually trying to say? Are you trying to say all these different things? Which one's the most important one? What, what should mm -hmm. I be grasping onto here? What, is, what does the Holy Spirit actually want me to mm -hmm. hear? And it just, everything gets so confused. So I love the simplicity. I love the, um, yeah, just the urgency, you know, because when you only have a few seconds to spare, you know, it's like you have to mm -hmm. get the best version of this point across otherwise it, you're going to miss it um right and I'm, I'm 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 interested in your process because if you have a mm. short if you have a short message how do you condense down you know being a pastor every mm. like this is the meme this is the meme that i hear all the time pastors <laughs> just become pastors because they like the sound of their own voice and they love to talk <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> How do you condense all that down into just those few seconds? Man, that's a good question. I think the illustration or the analogy helps me boil it down. Um, and then the Holy Spirit really does a good job of telling me 
you just want to say that because it's more about you than it is about helping that person. So the Holy, the Holy Spirit, he has, he does a good job of just reminding me that like, yeah, that part that you want to add into it, that sounds good, but you just want that because you think people are going to clap to it or like it. But if you fo- if the more I focus on what can really help people, the, uh, the shorter my sermon becomes the Holy Spirit. He kind of like tells me like, he convicts me a lot when I'm recording video or even when I'm editing where he'll say stuff like, Alex, I think you just want to put that in there because you think people will like it, not because it will actually help people. And when I start to think about, oh, that'll sound cool or that'll look cool, then my videos get um, maybe not longer, but just get unhelpful. You know, and the Internet's very unforgiving. The Internet will tell you, people on the Internet will tell you, yeah, you really missed the mark or you really lost us on this one. <laughs> Whoa. So, um I think the best thing that I do is I start off with an analogy or something, some illustration, whether it be in the culture or in everyday life, and then I find a connection to that, to scripture. And I usually don't really have to find a connection. The Holy Spirit will just give it to me in the moment. And then um, I put an application at the end. So for example, I just posted a video, I mean, like at like 3, 3.30 maybe today where um, I was sitting in the hammock by my in my backyard. And there was aloe vera back there. So I picked up some aloe vera and I was just like messing with it or whatever. And uh, that aloe vera, like I opened up and I thought about what is aloe vera for? And it's for, you know, healing burns or cuts. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit was like, man, have you ever been burnt or, you know, burned by someone? And I was like, shoot, God, I have. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just like, there's a video. And I was like, okay. So two days later, I recorded the video. And so it usually just starts off with an every day thing that I run into on, on, in culture or um, hanging out with my boys or hanging out with my family. Um, and I, I find a way to turn it into a video. Now, applying into, or attending YouTube University, I call it, has really helped because there's a lot of ideas that I can execute that I think uh, other people might have trouble executing them because uh, they don't know their craft as well. And so knowing how to use the camera knowing how to use microphones and stuff just helps me put out the content better. Cause I think bad, you guys know bad quality or like some type of flaw in the way we put out something might get in the way of people hearing the message. So, mm. um, I kind of treat video and audio and the way stuff looks as a, as a, a way just to not put up any barriers from people hearing the messages I want them to hear. Um, so yeah, I think knowing how to use cameras and, and microphones really help. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that that's, that's something when you know the craft, you know, what's going to work well with it. Um, which I think a lot of people, I don't know, under underestimate. I mean, I know for us, when we first started out, there were episode ideas we had and we, we did them. And then afterwards we were like, man, that didn't really work as well for a podcast. But later on, you know, you meet certain people, you encounter certain people, or you have a like something come to mind. You're like, that would actually make a really good podcast episode. Let's run with it. You know, just something about mm. like just knowing the craft actually helps create content in a way. Yeah, it's mm. interesting. I don't think I've ever ever put that together till just now. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And uh, I think for anyone out there watching, like the iPhone can do miracles. If you, if people would just like use their iPhone to start a podcast, start a video, you know, making, you know, videos on their stories or videos on their page. If you just start with your iPhone and slowly accumulate apps, apps will turn into microphones, microphones will turn into cameras, cameras will turn into, you know, studio sets, 
But starting with the iPhone, the iPhone has leveled the playing field for everyone to become a creator. And I mean, we know the fact is non-camera, you know, high quality videos go viral. Like iPhone videos go viral. Mm. Um, and so mm. everyone has the ability to be a creator full time. Um, but I think if we worry about the craft and the tools, you'll be afraid to start. But everyone has like, um, like a miracle making computer in their pocket. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we just start there. A lot of guys just need to start there and just see what God does with it. I think that's something mm. that I definitely fell into the trap early on when it came to mm. filmmaking and podcasting is I got all hung up on the gear. Like, what gear should I get? If I get this gear, is that going to make me professional? You know, what? Mm. I, I, I still remember um, one of the first cameras I got... Um, and I got the Rode Video Mic Pro and a yeah. a Gorillapod Great because mic. that's what that's what Casey Neistat used. So I was yeah. like, yeah. if I get this, I'll be the next Casey Neistat. And I wasn't mm -hmm. <laughs> because <laughs> you know I, I didn't have the filmmaking um, and the storytelling capacity that Casey mm -hmm. that Casey has, which is so clearly mm -hmm. what makes the difference in the right. thing. It's he knows his craft. I didn't. Dude, yeah, there is stuff. Me and Casey have the same birthday, by the way. Wait. Wow, it's a sign. It's a sign. No. It's a sign. And he dyed his hair blonde after me. <laughs> oh. Bro, Man. the dude is the dude is following you. I think so. But no, <laughs> Casey is doing stuff that people don't even know he's doing. Like mm -hmm. as as a filmmaker for 7 years and as like a video maker and I don't really lean heavy into the filmmaking side. I'm more focused on the message. I could, but for the sake of, um, I know my stuff's quality, and for the sake of putting out more quantity, I just kind of lean back on like a couple of the things that would make my videos look a more more cinematic. That I know how to do, but it'll just slow me down, so I just don't really worry about it. But as a filmmaker, there is stuff Casey's doing that people don't even know he's doing. The re the the average one of his 10 million subscribers don't even know he's doing, but he's doing stuff that not only makes what he does look easy, but it it makes it look so professional mm. Mm. and so easy to consume. Some of the stuff he's doing is just like, it makes his content so easy to consume. Whereas there's some guys I watch, you know, 30 seconds go by and I'm like, is this over yet? Mm. Whereas <laughs> with Casey, nine minutes goes by and I'm like, I've been sitting here for nine minutes watching him. Yeah. And you're riveted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, he just um, has a way of sucking you in, and it's such an amazing. He tells stories in such an amazing way. I just, yeah, it blows mm. me away how he does it. To be honest, yeah. Mm. Uh, so tell us, tell us more about um, this story. So you started um, this Instagram page. You started doing these ten second sermons. You got mm -hmm. a little bit of traction going. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that that in between story between um, your Instagram page and then getting into InstaChurch Live. Like, what was that? Because mm. it seems like that was the next step for you. Um, or were there a few steps in between that? Tell us a little bit about that progression. That's a great... I mean, I always say that's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's, you guys have... I can tell your experience. You guys have really great questions. So I started Alex Dion Wilson, and then I, I'm one of those people that always second-guess myself and so I made a lot of mistakes as in switching accounts, losing passwords, having to, oh, you know, yep. get all my original friends back onto my account. 
um, switching names after I met really big influencers or really big influential people so they couldn't find me. I mean, I've made every mistake in the book as a social media um, influencer, <laughs> social media preacher. Um, but it wasn't until we moved, uh, until we got to Kauai, where I realized, oh, wow, guys actually make money doing this. Um, and the church isn't doing this. That's when I realized, like, I need to really hone in on my skills and, you know, YouTube everything, figure out how to do everything. Um, and then I met Brady, and Brady helped me understand the the real need for this in Christian culture. Um, and then just in the evangelistic standpoint, uh, Brady from Pro Church Tool, shout out to them. Um, amazing podcast they have as well. Mm, and yeah. then, you know, a year, year and a half go by, um, Brady gives me a big shout out, and he he says something like, Alex, I'm not doing this because you're my friend. I'm doing this because you really deserve it. People need to know what you're doing. And that's when I realized, like, it felt like the sky opened and God was like, whoa, man, like, you're onto something. And so I was like, okay, we need to keep doing this and putting it out as much as possible. Um, and then I kind of hit, after like four or five months, um, I hit this point where I was like, I don't know if what I'm doing can grow. Like, I feel like I, feel like I hit a ceiling um, even at five months, I was like, man, I know I've been doing this for a while, but now that I have a little bit of following, I don't know if what I'm doing right now can continue to support the following that I have or support a bigger following. And so I just like, I was watching a John Chris video. John Chris is a Christian comedian. Shout out to him. Love um, we have a lot of mutual friends, John and I. And so um, through hanging out and, you know, talking to those friends on the phone, on FaceTime, and then one day, um, one of my good friends is DJ Mike LV. So shout out to him too. He does, he did the video and the song that John Chris just put out on his YouTube and his Instagram. He produced it and stuff. And it was this huge deal, like went viral, of course. And I'm watching that video. It was a Monday afternoon. And I was like, God, I just don't know if I'm doing enough. I don't know if what I'm doing, you know, can support a following and can get bigger. And so what else do I need to do? And I just had this idea to bring a church service to Instagram. So I, I was already kind of like preaching on Instagram. And then I would also do a live once a week where people could ask me questions and I would like give them biblical answers. And because I'm a preacher at heart, I would like just, I would start preaching, you know, like people were like, what do you think about, you know, abortion? And I would just like start preaching. And I'm like, wow, I'm like not even really doing a Q and A. I'm like preaching like 10 sermons in one live. Um, and so I was like, God, what else should I do? And he was like, what if you just ask your friends to help you put on a church service? And it was my friends that kind of made Insta Church Live become what it is. So shout out to Tyler Moore and Sambella and Sonny Divino, um, Josh, all those guys who helped me put it on every week. You guys will see them on the Instagram page as well. But they were the ones that kind of turned it into what it is now, where I just came to them and said, hey, what if we put on a church service in 10 minutes and put it on IG Live? And they're like, dude, that's a great idea. What if we did professional audio? What if we did professional lights? What if we did actual worship? Like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, but the in-between stage, I think to answer your question, the in-between stage was just being consistent. Mm. Knowing uh -huh. my lane, like knowing my lane is faith and culture. And know that's where I'm called to be. And so within that lane, driving my car as fast as I can down that lane and just seeing every stop, seeing every like highway, seeing every like rest stop or anything that I see along that lane, looking at it and be like, okay, what does that have to do with where I'm going? Um, and kind of like 
taking time to take that in and then keep going, keep going, keep going. Through doing that is how Institute Church Live was born. That's so cool. Honestly, like, ah, oh, it just blows my mind. I mean, having a team around you to just, I don't know, like this is a whole hero making thing that we've done. Like other people are willing to say, yes, this is such an amazing thing. Let's just all put in this together and I don't know, making making heroes of each other. I think it's just amazing. Um, so I think one thing I'm thinking about, and I don't, yeah, like logistically, how, how do you do this full time? Do you have people like supporting you or that, that sort of thing? I mean, yeah, I'm really, really broke. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um it's so uh my parents have a big house here in california i mean they've been my dad's worked so hard for all the stuff that they have now and it's not like a mansion but it's a good size house and so me and my family uh my wife and my three boys are able to stay here in kind of like an apartment two-bedroom apartment that's attached to their house and so we can come yeah. and go as we please and they really want us to build this career um, so but i have a couple supporters on my patreon um, which is on my Instagram as well. And so a couple supporters through there. Um, I've gotten a couple speaking engagements, which has been nice. They don't, um, because I don't have a huge following yet, I don't get like paid a lot from those speaking engagements, but they, you know, they help us buy gear. It usually just goes right back into content creating. And so um, the first couple, you guys know this, the first maybe year, year and a half, two years, maybe for some time, sometimes like five years, maybe a decade, there's no money and content creating um, until you really get to support a following. And then what happens is because you have a big following, people will headline you at a conference or just put you on their Instagram saying you're going to be at a conference and you actually make that conference more money because people are, are paying to come see you. Um, and then same goes with, you know, brands who say a microphone brand reaches out to you guys and say, Hey, this podcast is sponsored by this microphone, you know, and, the more following you have, the more authority you have, and the more authority you have, the more you can make other people money. And so yeah, yeah. Um, on Instagram, there's no monetization. There's no real money to make in Instagram. Um, you just kind of have to start by making the best content as possible and growing your content as fast as you can um, to be able to be in those spotlights that make money. Mm. Yeah, I think that's an important yeah. note to make because yeah. a lot of people you know, they think about getting into social media, whether they want yeah. to be a quote unquote social media influencer. Um, I say kind of sarcastically um, mm -hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff thinking, oh yeah. yeah, this is this is a way that I can, I can go to the beach and I can just pose, you know, in my bikini or <laughs> in my swimming shorts right. and I can just earn money from brand deals and I can live right. the high life. But it, it's so true. I mean, we were talking to a, um, a, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Justin Koo from That Christian Vlogger, who he mm. didn't start making money until I think about a hundred of his YouTube videos. Like he was making, yeah. he was making this content. He was pumping out. He didn't make any money until a hundred mm -hmm. YouTube videos. And I don't know how many yeah. years you have to get in to be able to make that much, but it, it's, yeah, it's a grind. Oh yeah. It's a grind. It's definitely worth your grind because you become your own boss. You, if you have a family, you can be home a lot. Um, and it's a grind that anyone could make it in. That's what's so crazy about it is if you just put in the hours, it'll happen. Um, but you have to be willing to really work. You have to be willing, you know, to prioritize, 
to convince your family that this is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, my wife is super, super supportive. I've wanted to quit, you know, eat, probably each week I want to quit. But my wife is <laughs> the one that really yeah. like, hey, keep it going. I know you can do this. I know you can do this. And I, and I have friends that, you know, text me and DM me. All those guys that I've mentioned in this podcast have all been people who say, don't give up, don't give up. And it's really important to have those people around you. Um, mm. But yeah, I I don't make hardly anything. I make enough to kind of buy memory cards and do that stuff. But yeah. um, each month God is doing a little bit more than the last month. And so that's been really encouraging. But yeah, it's definitely a grind. But it'll be worth it for you guys oh. too. You guys make it full time? <sighs> We're, we're we're full-time pastors and so our wage is already paid for so we've got we're we're kind of on easy street as far as that's concerned yes. you know we're not relying yeah. we, we don't have a patreon or anything like that when we started we had a really generous donor donate a couple hundred bucks but so far wow. and, and we've also had a few you know sponsors who have um who have sponsored us um to run ads on our on our podcast but that's it's awesome. not yeah, it's it's basically you know it's the sort of it's the sort of money that goes into keeping the podcast hosting um, paid yeah. and keeping you keeping the Squarespace paid so that we can have a website and, and all that sort of sure. stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, for all the like, because you know mostly Christian people listening. If you want to be a social media influencer, and if you're you know in your twenties or thirties, whatever, if you could get a job as a youth pastor. Or, you know, intern at a church where they pay your housing or something like that. That's ideal. So the first, I mean, the first six, seven years of me doing this, I was working at a church as well and doing it on the side. And the church supported it. That's awesome. Like you guys, that's a great way to do it. Mm. Awesome way to do it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think people, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like just the power of online ministry I don't think I don't think anybody in the Christian world really has really seen the full potential of it yet. I think we're all just sort of I mean even somebody who's as amazing and mind-blowing as Brady Shearer from Pro Church Tools, I think even I think even he's like we're all just sort of scratching the surface to figure out what's actually possible doing online ministry this whole digital discipleship thing it's just there is so much possibility and we just i want to figure i want to see and you know so we're starting at the podcast space and like kind of working from that direction and i love you know just chatting to you because like we're long form content and you're like super short form content like we're, we're opposite ends and we're trying to figure out well, where can we go from this because i just think the sky's the limit at the moment we have no idea dude it is we have no idea what it's going to be and I mean, I tell you, you know this. You guys know this too. Church attendance is dropping mm-hmm. like crazy. It doesn't mean the. It's crazy. Me and my dad talk about this. Church attendance is dropping, but the need for church is increasing like exponentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even the need for face-to-face contact in the church is, you know, even just that. Not just the church, you know, big C, but the little C actual going to church. That's super important as well. Mm. Um, and that's increasing, but attendance is dropping. So we just have to change the way that, you know, forgive me for saying, using this word, but change the way we market it, Yeah. change mm-hmm. the way we even do it. It's so cookie cutter. Mm. Yeah. The way every church, you know, is doing a regular service, it's all the same. Yeah. It's, you know, come in, welcome, worship, worship again, message worship give you know it's everyone does it and it I'm, there may not be anything wrong with that um it's just there's something to be to say about 
this is how we've been doing it for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know what else you can add. I don't know what else you could do differently. Even we're doing that on Instachurch. We're doing the same thing as a regular norm, <laughs> normal church service. Yeah, uh, but this it's super short. We, know. <laughs> we don't really know what else church could really look like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Francis Chan is doing the, the house church thing, yeah. which is really cool. Um, and a lot of people are flocking to that. But yeah, the sky's yeah. the limit. You're right. Yeah, it's funny because I was listening. I'm a. I'm a Josh and I are both sort of Jordan Peterson fans and um, I listened yeah. to his podcast and he recently had this discussion with uh, fellow Californian uh, Bishop uh, Robert Barron. Um, okay. He's a bishop in, in California. I think he's in Santa Monica, I think. Okay. Um, and he was talking about how the drop in uh, church attendance is fe- is being felt across all the denominations. Um, mm. They're seeing it in the Catholic Church, uh, the Evangelical Church, ev- all of all the mainline denominations, and yet mm. people are still flocking to YouTube. They're still flocking to Jordan Peterson's lectures when he travels the world. Right. People come and they listen to this psychotherapist mm-hmm. talking about the Bible and God in these psychological um, uh, in this psychological terminology. And yet, these are the same people who are not going to church anymore. It's wow. not that it's not that, you know, church was anti what they needed. It's just mm-hmm. the church the church wasn't giving them what they needed. So when I think of what you're doing, I think of Jordan yeah. Peterson and, and some of these other influencers who are really mm. shaping our culture. I think, man, oh man, are we, there's this, there's this potential here for us to miss the mark yeah. completely or to seize upon this opportunity. And I think that's, uh, yeah, just commend you for what you're doing. Cause I think you're one of those, uh, you're one of those prophets, you know, that's kind of going mm. against what the rest of culture is doing in the church but yeah. it's actually doing something effective. Well, man, I really appreciate that. That is, I mean, even to be, you know, in the same uh, wavelength as Jordan would be an honor. But yeah, I think, I think that's the goal. I think that's a, that's a question I'm constantly asking myself is what do people need? What if, I mean, even if you just want to grow your ministry or grow your social media or grow your influence, that's a question you have to ask first, or you will not grow. Like, if I post selfies, I'm not helping anyone. Mm. You know, mm. if I just post selfies of my face or whatever, how am I helping people? Mm. And I think a lot of, like you said, people think they can just go to the beach and start taking bikini pics and it's going to, um, you know, blow up their Instagram. But even now, even if you think of it this way, even some of those girls who are going to the beach and posting bikini pics, they are, and for lack of a better term, they're serving a group of people. Mm. And it's all the guys out there, or maybe girls too, in today's world that think she's hot. Mm. And so she's putting out content that serves a certain type of person. And so same goes for us. If we ask ourselves in the, you know, probably the opposite spectrum from that type of influencer, if we ask ourselves as podcasters, as video creators, how do I help people? Like, how do I, what do people need? How do I help them? And we, you know, use our platforms as a way to accomplish that then everything changes. I think sometimes I want to make a video, for example, I want to make a video just because I think it's a cool idea and I put it out and it performs horribly. Mm. Um, And you can't really blame the time of day. You can't really blame the day of the week anymore because the algorithm is so um, 
at this point, the algorithm is pretty polished on knowing what type of content other people want to see. And so you can't blame that. When a video of mine performs badly, it's because um, it didn't serve people well. Mm. Uh, it didn't serve, it didn't help people well. Um, and so I had to think about like, how do I help people by the format of the video, the audio, the way it looks, the colors, and even the message, how am I helping people through this? And when I think through that question is when I'm really helping people and I'm growing quickly. So with Instachurch, we grew to almost a thousand in the first month followers. Wow. Um, because people realize like, oh, that'll help me. And so a lot of the followers are people that we've never even met. Uh, people think oh, they're all followers of Alex, but some of them are people that have just heard by word of mouth um, and they thought, oh, that'll help me. Because, for example, we have one girl who watches, she works uh, all day on Sundays as a nurse. And so she can't go to church. And so she watches Insta Church on her break on Thursdays. Um, there's kids, kids in the hospital, kids whose parents are atheists. They physically cannot get to a church building. And so us bringing church to them, we're helping them and serving them in some way. Um, and I think all your guys' followers would say the same. Everyone listening right now, they would say, Burn the Haystack helps me think through stuff in faith and culture that I wouldn't know how to think through unless they talked about it. And so I think mm. as influencers and creators, if we keep asking that question, how do I serve people? How do I help people? There's nothing but growth going to be in our path. Mm, wow. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. I'm just so blessed right now. I love it. <laughs> um, so, well, okay, so springboarding off that, I think, you, you have this sort of hashtag and this phrase that you use a lot, um, which is bring God back to culture, uh, which I love. I think it's so cool. Um, and I think, yeah, it'd be great to just, yeah, do you want to just unpack that a little bit? I know you kind of already touched on it a bit just in what we were talking about, but what, what that means to you. I don't know when I said that. Like, what I can't tell you what video I said um, that started that. Oh, no, yeah, I can. I can remember. Um, I think I, I think I said something similar to it in a video, and one of the people commented. Like, I think they might have commented uh, something around that. Like, let's bring like. We need to bring God back to America or something. But I think I stayed away from that because it sounded too much like uh, Trump's little phrase. <laughs> yeah. Does. yeah, make yeah. America great again. Yeah. So I was like, I kind of need to bring leave America out of it. Um, yeah. And then I always talk about faith and culture, faith and culture. And so I think just one day I was thinking, what about let's what about bring God back to culture? Um, I think I had the notion that every this is it. Every single decade, every like era that we get into, Christianity has its like 15 seconds of fame. Um, the mm. best way I can think about it is uh, in the 90s, 80s and 90s, Billy Graham was huge. And I, yeah. this is my frame of re reference because my dad worked for him. And so he was huge. He would sell out arenas. He would um, have these big headliner artists. DC Talk was huge at the time. Kirk Franklin was huge at the time. They still have their influence. Kirk Franklin just did songs with Chance the Rapper, mm -hmm. Kanye West. They, they still have their influence that they had in the 90s and the 80s. And I realized, like, what happened? Like, Lecrae has, like, 1.4 million followers. He's on the headline with huge artists in America, traveling all over the world. And so I asked myself, like, why 
can Billy Graham do it? Why can Lecrae do it? Why can Kirk Franklin do it? And why can't me or Burn the Haystack or someone else that's a creator, why can't they do it? And the answer is when we try to separate God from our culture, we become an island. And Christianity becomes like this weird like cult that no one knows how to relate to. But when we realize that everything in this world God has made, and he's made the people who have created these different arts that are popular at the time. And if we find a way to not like take what they're doing, but we find a way to, you know, creatively show people biblically and honestly who God is, and we create a culture around that, then we're effectively bringing God back to culture. Because I don't think we're ever made to copy culture. And I don't think we're ever really, as Christians, I don't think we're even called to change culture. I think we're called to create culture. So as because we have that in us, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so God has made us with the ability to create. And so if we create culture, we create something that's different. Naturally, what's going to happen is it's going to be the best thing in culture. I just believe that. Like gospel music, think of all the artists, Chance the Rapper, Kendrick Lamar, Kanye West, all these mega artists that copy and use gospel music into Mm. their genre now. Um, or even preaching guys like Gary V guys like ET, the hip, the hip hop preacher guys like, um, you know, other big entrepreneurs out there. Those guys are effectively preaching on stage. They're just not using the Bible and they're not, sometimes they're not using truth at all, but they're effectively using the same format, the three points and an introduction and an outro that a lot of preachers use today. Mm. And so I think Christians a lot are accused of you know stealing from christian culture or stealing from the culture but a lot of times the culture is actually copying us and taking what we do because we're the ones that effectively really create stuff for the first time so i think bringing god back to culture is all about us as creators making something that hasn't been done before and watching that like go viral hmm. wow wow yeah, yeah. mind blown. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Whoa. Oh man, oh, when you think so of um, Insta Church Live and and your ministry and some of the other ministries around you, what are you hoping for to see more of in the future? And and maybe as well as that, what are you hoping to see less of when you think of um, the ministry mm. that you're involved with, the ministries around you, the way that people interact with social media as a way of sharing the message of Jesus and yeah, what are you hoping for? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll let you guys on a little secret that uh, not a lot of people know about. Actually, no one knows about, Ooh, um, except for the 31 people that somehow found this account. But we, I started an account called YouTube Church Live. Ooh. Um, oh, yeah. And so what we want to do is we want to create a weekly um, church service on YouTube, probably about 20 to 30 minutes at the longest. Um, it's basically everything we do on Insta Church Live. But the problem with Insta Church Live is no one's really getting into community on Insta Church Live because it's like a 10-minute video on your phone. So you're probably watching it, you know, on the bus or you know, in your hospital room or in your bedroom. But you're not watching it with other people. And so with YouTube, you can, you and your best buddies can turn on the TV, have a bunch of people over, have a meal, play some games, and then at eight o'clock you can turn us on, and then we put on a little. 20 minute service for you with worship and games and um, a message and it's effectively creating content for small groups but putting it on YouTube Church Live and so we have a YouTube channel called YouTube Church Live there's no content on there we have an Instagram page 
called uh, YouTube Church Live, and there's no content on there as well. There's a logo that's really cool, um, nice, but nice. that's that's you know effectively that's what we're praying for for the future. Um, we want to keep doing Insta Church Live for as long as it makes sense for the culture, um, but I think YouTube Church Live will be the next step or the second. We're calling it the second campus. YouTube will be the second campus of Insta Church. Um, so that and then. For Church and for YouTube Church Live, what I would love to see is, just because I have a heart for celebrities, I would love celebrities to attend an Church service or a YouTube service, mm. just because I don't think there's a lot of churches that Kanye can go to. Yeah. He just, totally. he, Kim Kardashian can't go to a church without someone asking for a selfie. Yeah. And that's horrible. Which is possibly why they started their own church, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Great point. Yeah. yeah. And so I would love for I would love for Kanye or Justin Bieber or whoever to make a fake Instagram account named whatever, you know, they can name it Free Pizza, and <laughs> they could they could attend Insta Church and hear worship music, hear a message, or they could get a bunch of their you know friends in Calabasas turn on YouTube Church Live and watch a service from their the comfort of their home but have church together with 10 other people in their living room, pray, mm-hmm. sing together, um, do prayer requests together, cry together, effectively have church in their living room um, without ever feeling like someone's going to ask me for a selfie or someone's going to paparazzi is going to take a picture of me on the way to the car or something, you know? So um, that would be the goal. It's a very ambitious goal, um, but I think it's needed. That's so cool. Hey man, no, no goal is too big for God. Eh? I mean, honestly, like it's, Totally. Is that like part of your vision then? Do you want to see more of these sort of social media based churches come up as well? Like more like Instagram churches, YouTube churches, maybe Facebook churches? Mm-hmm. Part of that would also be um, doing like an Insta Church Live conference. Um, probably because we do everything live, it would probably be live streaming only. A very high production conference for free that everyone can attend, every church, every Christian person who you know wants to do a social media church can watch and see um and we put out all the content for free we show people how we do everything for free because this idea we believe is given to us by god so we don't have the right to monetize it if people want to give to it and support us man that's how every church in the world is supported by free giving um and so if we can get the same thing for us that'd be amazing but we we effectively want to teach other people how to do what we're doing for free. And I don't think this takes the place of churches at all, but I do think um, that if every church in America took the energy that we put towards this and added that ministry to what they're already doing, you know, and use social media or use YouTube or whatever as another campus for their main church, I think they would see a lot of growth um, and they'd see a lot of impact mm. by doing that. So I think everyone needs to do it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I'm sure there's a lot of pastors listening to this going, well, hang on, does this mean that in the future I'm going to be out of a job or you know, mm-hmm. surely, surely we can't all just go to Instagram. You mean that's that's just ridiculous. Can you kind of yeah. just, can you kind of talk to that person for a minute there who uh, is a little bit wary or maybe a little bit afraid of what social media might do to their brick and mortar mm-hmm. church and how mm-hmm. that relationship mm-hmm. needs to exist? Yeah, that's a great question. I have a friend, uh, Micah Foster, 
Um, shout out to Micah Foster on Instagram and YouTube. He's a local pastor here in town, and he makes vlogs as well. And there's a lot of vlogging pastors. There's a hashtag called Vlog Your Ministry. Um, that's a really good one to use. And I think it starts there. It starts any church. Um, it starts with just putting actual effort towards Instagram and towards social media, not reposting your sermons. You can't do what um, Steve, Stephen Furtick does, not, not reposting them, not just throwing them on there and putting some cute filter on them thinking it'll stop people from scrolling and to watch it, but actually looking dead at the camera, looking to the middle of the lens and talking to your followers or talking to the congregants, you know, as they're on Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and stuff. Um, So it starts there. And then, um, yeah, going live, going live is one of the easiest types of content you can do. All you need is a phone and a front facing camera. Um, You don't have to edit anything. You just look straight at the camera and start talking. And it's cringy at first because no one's comfortable really with it. Um, but what we're doing, we're adding more high production and better audio and better lighting and stuff just to make it w- easier to watch for 10 minutes. Um, but I think it just looks like pastors not shying away from social media and using the powerful tool that Steve Jobs has given us <laughs> and just looking into that camera and just talking to the people that already go to your church. It will help them so much to know they can't encounter God only through church. Mm. That's effectively what we're doing by saying you have to go to church. You have to come here to hear about God, to feel like a Christian, to understand Christianity. You have to come to this place by doing that. We're teaching them to be hypocritical because they think I'm only really a part of that in this short hour on Sunday. But Mm. if you pop up on their scroll at three o'clock on a Wednesday, talking straight to the camera, looking straight at them, what you're, it doesn't really matter what you're saying. What you're actually saying is, hey, Christian, it's time for you to be a Christian. Wow. Yep. And that's, that right there is just heavy. So I think more churches <laughs> got to do that. But Insta Church Live isn't, it's, it's definitely not, not trying to take the place of churches. Cause I mean, we all, the whole team, we all go to church. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah. And I don't know, maybe the home church, maybe house churches um, are the future. Maybe we get to a point where we're already at this point where Gen Z and millennials like myself um, and alpha generation after Gen Z who's coming up, we're all kind of moving away from like big production. And the reason being is because the alpha generation, which I believe my kids are a part of, um, and Gen Z, which my little brothers are a part of, they have grown up with cell phones, grown up with laptops and iPads and stuff. And so they've grown up with consuming like production from like diapers. So since they were little, they've always had big production in the palm of their hand. And when they walk into church and see big production, the lights, the crazy stage designs, the cool microphones, the awesome guitars, when they see all that, the smoke and the fog and the haze and stuff, when they see all that, they automatically think you're trying to sell me something. They oh, think this is a big commercial wow. because it sounds so good. It looks so good. It's so polished. And while the, you know, the guy comes up at the perfect time and starts praying, and the next guy comes up and starts preaching at the perfect time. And it's this perfect sermon that goes with the message of the song. Like it's the people, Gen Z people, they're hyper aware of that type of stuff. And they think you're selling me something. And so what's the power of small groups and the power of like house churches they're really, really connecting 
in big ways um, because they just feel like it's more homely. I can just be myself here. And I believe a lot of churches have that feel too, this like come as you are type feel. I think that's really, really, really important. Mm. Yeah, I think, I reckon as well, that's part of the reason people, they often like they'll go to some, you know, a, a really amazing church production sort of thing. And I think like, I think you really hit the nail on the head there because they become hyper aware. So anything that feels like it could be dodgy, they're like, it must be. Like as soon as someone gets up for the offering, they're like, oh, look, they, they just want all my money. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just... if I if me and you grew up in a room with a tablet and with YouTube, like for the first two decades of our lives, and then we went to a church service, we would be like, "What is this?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like I'm being like I'm being uh, facetious, but that's kind of what Gen Z has done. Totally. My little brother, he's five years younger than me, and then I have another younger brother that's like seven years younger than me or seven or eight, but they've always been in front of a Game Boy or an iPad. And so they know production. Mm. They can yeah. feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's so true. Um, yeah. It, it's going it, to, it's, it's kind of scary because, I mean, in some ways, yeah. this is what we as, you know, the, the West in evangelicism and Christianity has kind of built. We've kind of built this system which does center around... <laughs> the Sunday service and the worship mm-hmm. and the preacher mm-hmm. and in some traditions, the celebrity status mm-hmm. of that preacher, mm-hmm. um, you know, preachers and sneakers, man. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think church is definitely changing. And mm. I think, you know, as we were talking about before, you're kind of you and, and, and many of us on this, on this weird journey, which kind of feels like, is this, is this what we're supposed to be doing, God? I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. This is new. This is scary. This mm-hmm. is unknown. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm getting the sense that there is this this new wave um, that we kind of, as these kind of weird, disparate, um, confused, just trying all these mm-hmm. new things, people, we're all kind of like spearheading <laughs> in, in a weird way yeah. what God is trying to do. And I think yeah. it's terrifying, but it's also such an honor to be able to be uh, on this yeah. journey. Yeah, it had to be someone. Yeah, mm. you know, it had to be Billy, Billy Graham. It had to be like, I mean, I don't really watch, I don't watch them, but it had to be TVN. Mm. You know, yeah. it had to be guys to just do it for the first time, and no one's gonna like it. No one's gonna think it's cool. No one's gonna think it's appropriate. People are gonna feel threatened, and people only feel threatened because you're coming for their pocketbooks. Totally. <laughs> You know, you guys are pastors, but you don't feel threatened by me because it's not about money for you. Nah. It's about the gospel. Yeah. Mm. But I think there's a lot of pastors out there who, I have a lot of pastors who don't like me because they know what I'm doing. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to support at all because they, they feel threatened. And I can't help but think the only reason why you feel threatened by another person preaching the exegetical expository gospel via Instagram is because you're worried about him taking your members, mm. Mm. and they're not—they're not ours to have, mm. and that's also just not our goal. But people only threaten because of money, and that's—you know—that's what—that was the Pharisees' problem too. Yeah. And Jesus definitely called that out. He's like, "You guys are only mad at me because you are worried about fame and you're worried about money." <laughs> 
Jesus is, dude, Jesus, if if you're a bad, if you're listening to Jesus on a bad day, he sounds like a jerk. (laughs) If you don't know Jesus and you don't know where he's coming from, you don't know he's the son of God, you don't know that he's right, he sounds like a jerk. And you're like, who is this guy? (laughs) How can he say these things? But he's right, man. He's shot straight for the heart. Yeah. Yeah, he does, eh? It's so ah, oh, ah, oh, it's amazing. Okay, <laughs> um, all right. I could talk to you guys for hours. Oh, man, I could talk to you for hours. I don't, I don't want to stop. But uh, we are, we are sort of closing in. Uh, but I thought maybe something, and I don't know. I'm sort of putting you on the spot here. But do you reckon maybe just? I mean, we're sort of in the last few minutes. But do you reckon you you could give us a quick demonstration of a 10 second sermon? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I'll just give you the one that I just recorded. All right, yep. So, guys, this is what you'll expect on Instagram live. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I don't know if this will be 10 seconds, but what's up, y'all? Yeah, I'm Alex. I'm sitting here in my back. Wait, I'll start over. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> good. One, two, three. What's up, y'all? It's Alex. I'm sitting here in my backyard, and I found some aloe vera, and I was thinking about all the relationships that I've been burned by and all the people that I've burned and how aloe vera is used to heal sunburns and prayer is kind of like God's aloe vera. If we apply it to the relationships in our life that have been burned, then God can heal those relationships. Oh, so good. I'm going to add in an applause track into that bit. That's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. I just love how you can just, you you can just rattle that off. I honestly, because I think on the podcast, I mentioned ages ago that I wanted to try getting into 10 second sermons and I tried so hard. I made like, I honestly have like three or four of them just sitting on my phone that I never posted because I was just never happy with them. I just couldn't, but yours is so amazing. (laughs) Like just to just shoot that out people don't understand how hard it is (laughs) yeah only preachers only preachers understand i think it's like most of my following are all preachers (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're all just trying to get sneaky preaching tips you know right yeah i'm I'm just trying to steal sermon illustrations i'm running out so (laughs) you guys can use all all of them man just watch just honestly just watch uh movies with your kids Mm. oh really there's a japanese uh designer I don't know his name, but he had a GQ interview and they asked him, like, he is a big minimalist designer and his stuff is beautiful, like beautiful stuff. And they asked him, like, where does he get inspiration from? And he said, from walking my dog. (laughs) I walk my dog down the same road at the same time with the same cup of coffee every single day. And that's when I get my best ideas. Oh, wow. Yep. So inspiration comes in the, the, like, the mundane, like the repeated everyday consistent stuff is where um, inspiration comes from. And I think people, especially my age or younger, they think I have to travel the world. I got to go to Italy. I got to go to Hawaii. I got to go here, here, here to get inspiration and, you know, find my niche, whatever. But if you just, if people would just settle down, work like retail or work as a server and get a family and, you know, be committed to one woman, if you Mm. do all those things, you will find the most creative content ever. And you think about the most creative people in the world, they're all like, they live a pretty simple life. Like Kanye is married with like three kids. They have no time for anything mm. else. <laughs> they're in the studio and they're changing diapers. And I mean, Casey Neinstadt, he's moving to LA to, mm. to slow down because of his family. 
but he's at the peak of his career. He just recently, with two kids, hit 10 million subscribers. Yeah. And the videos that go most viral for him are the ones with him and his wife, Candace. Mm. And so the mundane is where we find a lot of inspiration. So don't be, people out there listening, don't be fooled to think you have to have this really cool, awesome life with some really nice water around you and some cool beaches. And that's not where inspiration comes from. Mm. That is so good. Simplicity, the day-to-day life stuff. Yeah. Awesome, oh. man. Oh, awesome. I, I've so enjoyed this. I, I think I can speak <laughs> for both of us. Um, yep. But would you, uh, in closing, be able to give all of our podcast listeners, give us give us your deets. Where can people find you? Where can people find InstaChurch Live? Give us give us the rundown. Perfect. Yeah. If you guys just go to Alex Dion Wilson on Instagram, A-L- E-X-D-I-O-N-W-I-L-S-O-N. Just like it sounds, Alex Dion Wilson. Um, that's the one-all stop shop where you'll need to find all the other good content. YouTube's on there, right in my bio. Instant Church Live's in my bio. Just go to Alex Dion Wilson on Instagram. And there we have it. That was our chat with Alex Dion Wilson. Honestly, like I looked at the time and we were getting to the end. I was like, heck, we... We we could keep we could keep talking. We really could. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I remember looking at the time, and being like, oh no, I don't want to stop talking. I'm loving this. <laughs> it just felt like we could have just gone on from topic to topic to topic, and it would have been just I don't know. I was I was just yeah riveted the whole time. It was fantastic. So yeah, so much good insight and interesting perspectives, and I think a whole lot of people are going to be like, man, sign me up to Insta Church Live right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah so look all of the links to Alex um, will be in the show notes and so if you want to go and check him out if you haven't already please give him a follow Insta Church Live at the time of recording is at 957 followers so what we want to do is help him get over a thousand that's that's what we want to do 1000 member church people Instagram <laughs> here it comes <laughs> yes so and yeah that, yeah please go over to Insta Church Live on Instagram and check it out um Please give it a follow. Keep up to date with what he's doing. I know that you will enjoy it. You'll be blessed. Um, I've followed it, him on all the accounts that I have available to me. <laughs> I have no more accounts. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> we must make more accounts. <laughs> Can I follow somebody more than twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I believe um, God's got amazing things for for Alex's mm. ministry. So keep an eye on him. I reckon we're going to see some really cool things from him and his team and his family. I'm really excited for God's doing in that space Um, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on it so make sure you reach out to us Um, if you're not already jump in on the Facebook community Burn the Haystack uh, Burn the Haystack community on Facebook which the password is Poppy Gloria still the password Uh, and for all things Burn the Haystack you can head over to the website burnthehaystack.org absolutely it's a beautiful thing so that is Josh and Jesse out Thank you.